Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for coming back to another episode of Caffeine Before Bed. Tonight, I am joined by Eric, Classical Christian Grand Tours founder and owner. And so tonight, we are going to be uh, talking about Grand Tours, what they were in history, what they are now, and kind of the application for that. But before we do that, uh, Eric, say hi. Hello. Good to be with you all. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So I would like to start off with the question of what is Grand Tour? And so I'm going to start off with a little bit of my experience with it and what it is in the modern day. And then we'll kind of uh, cut to you with what it is from more of a historical point of view. Uh, And then we'll go from there. So Grand Tour, as we're going to be talking about in this particular episode, is referring to a trip, typically at the end of high school, uh, that encompasses a, it's a trip to Europe. This is all in a Western context. Let's just uh, make that clear from the start. This is 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 uh, from the perspective of Western history. So, uh, you and at the end of high school, you go to Europe. And across Europe, and see these locations that are that you've learned about through history, uh, and then you get to kind of see them come to life, and you you see them in person. So, for me personally, I went the end of my junior year in high school, in between my junior and senior year, uh, we went from started in Athens, Greece, and then you know got to see the Parthenon, Acropolis, uh, other bits of of Greece there. Then we went to Rome. Italy, Florence, Italy, and then went to the more recent uh, history in London and Oxford. And that was roughly a two-week trip. And it was it's not just a vacation that you get to go on with your class. This was a class trip. Uh, but it's also for the purpose of education. Kind of that capstone to all the things that you've, you've been learning about. So that's kind of the, the high school experience. And we'll, I'll talk a little bit more later as in the discussion of kind of what my experience was on the trip. Uh, but that's generally the overview. So, uh, Eric, if you want to talk a little bit about what Grand Tour, how Grand Tour was born and what it, what it kind of looked like from more of a historical point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> Grand Tours, uh, historically, um, they flourished from about the mid-17th century uh, into the mid-19th century. Uh, that time frame. And it was really the European, Western European young men would travel to mainly Italy. Italy was kind of the focus uh, back in the day. And it would be to see the art, all the classical art and architecture. A lot of times it included study, um, learning how to paint, learning how to sculpt, uh, do things like that too. It could last anywhere from several months to several years. Um, they were usually accompanied by a tutor of some sort that would uh, teach along the way. And the real value was to expose the the young men to the cultural legacy of uh, classical antiquity, the Renaissance, and and then to, again, view, view all those uh, great works of art and sculpture um, from history that um, a lot of which are in Italy. So... Uh, you know, it was <clears throat> it was part travel, part learning, part study, 
part adventure, and it was a rite of passage for a lot of a lot of young men um, during that time period. And and again, you know, in in today's culture, that sounds um, very you know restricted, right? It was just young men. It was just Western civilization. But that was it was really passing along the cultural heritage um, to the next generation of a lot that had come before in that. And it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be exclusionary. That was just the culture that it was in at the time. So, so that's a little bit of the history. Yeah, and so what's what's really interesting is having that tradition continue, and and it's also interesting because it's influenced more than education. So, uh, for any of any of you that are familiar with any GT car, it is GT is short for Grand Touring, which is which is not exactly directly one-to-one related with grant the grand tour but it is kind of an offshoot of trying to encapsulate the the travel and learning and culture of of the grand tour with with a particular model of car so that's another little tie-in but uh going off what you were saying of of maintaining that that cultural heritage we in the West have sort of branched off of that, and we're you know with a lot of the uh, whitewashing of history nowadays. There's there's kind of a discarding of heritage, and and there's problems with whitewashing history, and we won't necessarily get into that here. But with I think it is at least personally when I went to see those places, and I'm personally more interested in uh, ancient Romans and Greeks, particularly Greeks. So Athens was, was really cool to me. But there is that element that is... Because in, in the old Grand Tours, you were in Europe, and so in, in, in North America, at least, there's this romanticism of Europe. You know, oh, Europe is this, this high-class place. And, and it's different, which is interesting to explore the cultures there. But also... To learn about these faraway places in books, you know, you get to learn about these these temples that influence so much of where we are today. And then you can go there and you can touch the rocks. You like there was uh, one day we were in Athens, standing on Mars Hill, and then you can open up to uh, to Acts, and then you read what Paul said uh, right there. And it's it's such a different way of viewing history because I was never a history kid growing up but such a different way of viewing history that took away this i wouldn't say like far away fairy tale style but it really grounded it like these are these aren't just the people of stories these aren't these apostles or emperors that lived in a far away land because they were in a far away time <laughs> a, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away all that good stuff but it was actually people like in a place where I could go. And that was interesting as, as a Westerner to see history in a different, a different light. And that it brought a new value to the education because there's one thing that's, that's book smarts and there's, and then there's also, you know, the living and experiencing culture. Yeah. And, and I would, I would add to that just being, being in the United States, a lot of times, you know, we, ha- we have, we bought into this American exceptionalism um, where America is this special, totally unique country and nothing's ever been like it before. And you lose the, the grounding and the roots of all that, which I wouldn't disagree with, but it all came from somewhere and it came from these other places. And so unless you, 
unless you take everything that you love and appreciate about America today and you go, okay, well, where did that come from? Well, we got bits from Greece and bits from Rome and bits from, you know, the UK parliamentarian system that we, that we broke away from in the 18th century. Um, you know, it, you can get very, you know, narrowly focused on just our country and the 200, you know, plus years that, that the United States has been in existence and forget about all that came before. And you're exactly right. Like the best way to go do that is to walk those streets and see the architecture and stand in front of the art. I mean, you, you can, you, you're standing in front of, you know, you go see the Sistine Chapel and you're looking up at what Michelangelo painted. I, I, that is, he was in that room for a long time, laying on his back, painting that ceiling. And you can stand and just to be able to, able to walk and see and do um, so much that it really does it shows you this through line of history this through line of western civilization and it like we came from somewhere we came from somewhere as individuals as culture and as a nation and you know none of that just spontaneously generated and so when you can go and you can explore and you can see and experience it is it adds a richness and a depth to, um, you know, everything that that you're learning. Um, and again, uh, you know, we'll talk more about this in a minute. But specifically in a, you know, a classical Christian context, which is where I ground, um, you know, the view of a grand tour these days. Right. So then, with that, obviously comes the question because traveling to Europe for a couple of weeks in and of itself isn't just you know, a spur-of-the-moment decision. It takes planning and all of that, which you're familiar with as as uh, you are the leader of that particular business. But I would then the question inevitably comes up, why is this a valuable thing to do if it's an expensive thing and it takes time and planning? What what makes it something worth doing? Well, and, and so aside from everything that we just talked about, right, so which is just understanding historically and culturally where we come from as a as a people and a nation and a government and all of those sorts of things if it, it what i particularly uh, enjoy doing is helping schools that are focused on the classical christian model of education um classical being founded in the um in the trivium the grammar uh logic and rhetoric stages of learning for kids and christian um coming out of um you know, the Christian uh, worldview. And so you put those together and classical Christian schools um, have this through line as well. They have this worldview where um, God has not only created the world, but orchestrated the through line of history. It is his story. Um, and and it, throughout the curriculum at a lot of these schools, they trace history and they trace the, um, you know, the growth and expansion from all of the the Near Eastern, um, you know, Assyrian, Babylonian empires. Um, they do Egypt. They do, uh, you know, Mesopotamia, and then they get into uh, Greece and Rome and all those things. And so, and and at each of the different stages of a classical education. So in the grammar stage, uh, grammar, you're learning the the basically the building blocks of all this. So it's a lot of 
memorization of dates and names and places and things like that. And so they do that, you know, in grammar school. And then you get into the logic stage and it's okay, well, um, you know, why did this happen? Why did, you know, why did this war start? Why did these people want to do this? And you start putting, you, you take all the, the what's, the dates and the people, and you put it together into a, a logical story and narrative. And then you get into the rhetoric stage. You're like, okay, so, you know, if, um, you know, this happened in a particular way and how did people learn from it and adjust history? What can we learn from it? How do we look back and look forward and do all that? But they do it at this. It, so they go through history a lot of times, several times at different levels, learning different things. And then you'd have this, like you said, at the beginning, a capstone tour where you say, okay, I can, I can have been through a, you know, a 12, 13 year um, in grammar high school education and have learned these things. And now I can go and I can walk these places and the, and the paintings that I learned about and the people that I learned about and the, and the places, the streets, the, you know, the Roman forum, like you, you, it, when you read Cicero, you know, you can, you go like, well, this is where he, he delivered so many of his, his speeches in the forum. Um, and you go to, Athens and you can and you can be on Mars Hill like you said there's there's all these amazing things that then um, when these students have been steeped in this for years they can go and they can actually experience it the other interesting thing is because of the um, the way that a lot of Western European museums have grown up over time and I know there's a lot of controversy today about um, you know how the museums have acquired all their artifacts over the years but the reality is that you can still go to these museums like the british museum and you can cover a whole lot of history and see some amazing things um, all in one place so whether it is the babylonian culture you can see the artifacts from nineveh you can see the rosetta stone you can see all these uh, you know all the egyptian um things and so you know, you can you go to certain places like Rome and Florence and or Milan and Venice and, and these other places in Italy. You can go to um, you can go to Athens, you can go to London and you can see these places. But then you can also hit some of these bigger museums along the way to um, and see a lot of these artifacts. So where we have the advantage that some of maybe the 17th, 18th century grand tours didn't. Um, they went to specific places and only saw the stuff that was in that area. We have this opportunity now to travel to Europe and see the Louvre and the British Museum and the you know, National Gallery in London and these other wonderful museums around the world, too, that have accumulated a lot of this stuff. So there's just, there's, you take all this learning, 12, 13 years, and then you can go see it and you can see all these accumulated works and artifacts from all over the world, too. And it does, it puts meat on it. But that's, I would say that's not, all it's about though either and so while it is a capstone to that type of education which i think is really valuable and important i also do think kind of what i was alluding to in saying you know we have to break out of our american-centric our american-focused view of the world is travel just really broadens your appreciation for other cultures other people groups other foods other you know, sights and sounds and smells of, you know, other parts of the world. And so another part of this, too, is really growing in young people an appreciation for travel and, and a appreciation for 
people that aren't just like them. And I think that is one of the one of the pitfalls in our culture today is everyone um, they either you know are so focused in what they are that they can't appreciate other people, or they or they you know it, since they haven't experienced another culture, they don't understand. They can't they can't put themselves in someone else's shoes and and uh, think about things the way they think about. It. And travel does a lot of that. And so you know you go to places where you know English isn't the first language, or you know. Um, you know, the foods and the spices and the smells are not the ones you have back home in the United States. And so that's, it's a broadening. So it's, it, the, the idea is to expand, um, expand the, the mind in a variety of ways by taking this trip. And um, so there's just, there's so much. And I just, I, I, I got to go with, um, with a couple of my sons and I just thought it was an incredibly valuable experience. And you know, hopefully did instill in them a love for travel and exploration, um, as well as seeing the great art and things of history and the great sites. You read about Pompeii, and you can go to Pompeii, and you can see what they've pulled out. You can, you know, you can read about, um, you know, the, uh, the, the Renaissance happening in Venice, and you can go to Venice and all these other just amazing things. So, and then the other, and, and just one more thing, and then I will pause for a moment. Um, you know, the other thing is too. There's a lot of, there's a lot of church history that's wrapped up in these places too. So, um, you know, whether it is uh, going to Rome and seeing um, the sites of of the church in Rome, or if you're um, from a a reformed background and going to places like Geneva or Wittenberg um, and seeing those sites, or um, you know, and, and you can take it, that's the other thing too, like you could take it in a hundred different directions. Like, well, we could go to, we could go see Ephesus. We could go see Corinth. We could go see Constantinople, Istanbul, right? There's so many, so many ways you could go. And that's, and that's why I get excited about this because there's so many opportunities to, to travel and learn. And, uh, and that's there's- why I, yeah. There's always room to dream, right? Always. And and I I think that's because I talked about the academic part of it earlier, and and like you said, not everything's in the in its own language. So when I went on my grand tour, you know, you land in Athens, and then you step off the plane, you go through customs. The airport, all airports are their own liminal space, and so that's that's kind of its own thing. But once you step out of the airport, and then you see things in Greek, like. Street signs are in Greek, and you get mm-hmm. into a taxi to go to the hotel, and he speaks Greek, and he speaks, <laughs> you know, broken English or whatever, and then there you see the signs, and you can't read any of them. It's this entirely new experience, and, you know, walking through the streets and experiencing the culture is, that's more how I travel than the history, and so that's mm-hmm. why I think there's something for everyone in there, because I can appreciate the history and I can, I can see that it's there and, and understand it. But then for me, how what I pulled away from it was really what like what you talked about that appreciation for other cultures and that love of travel. Like I spent one night uh, in Rome, and it was just the you know evening, summer evening, because it's it's mid June typically uh, when when these are gone, because you you know do it right after. Uh, end of junior year and that's typically when schools get out so you know middle uh, late june evening walking around the streets of rome 
you know, beautiful night out. That's that's an experience that you don't. It's just such a unique experience, especially for those of us uh, in America, where you know you maybe walk through suburbia or something, uh, or go to go to your nearest city, which is a little bit less like Rome than you know a lot. But and then there's other things like walking walking through these Italian streets and, you know, s- experiencing the, the piazza culture or the, the daily markets, you know, going out, having a pizza or pasta. I'm a big Italian food guy, so, you know, <laughs> big, big plus for me there. But it's, it's a different way of life. It's not just a different culture, but it's a different way of seeing the world that you get exposed to that's not just the constant business and productivity efficiency that is where where we live and then that was also an interesting bit for me too coming from athens which is very different italian which is a different kind of very different and then going to uh london which is a bit more similar to our they at least speak our language more or less you know they spell some things wrong but it's fine yeah so that that was so language is really an interesting thing i'm glad you mentioned that because you do you go to these places and it is phenomenal how many countries around the world do that people do learn English. And so, so many of these people are bilingual at worst. And, yeah. you know, and, and a lot, especially when you get into, um, you know, Switzerland, Germany, France, you know, they're speaking, you know, a couple languages. Um, and up to 13, it's crazy. It, it, it is. And you realize just how again how how narrow our focus is you know great yeah well t- some kids will learn french or spanish or german in high school but not to have to be fluent on a daily basis in you know three languages just to you know to be in your country and um you 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 realize just how i don't i don't even know how to put it but how how easy we have it and it, you know, you're thankful, and you're thankful that they learned English because we haven't learned all their languages. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> I know, so that's fun too. Yeah, it's it's a unique experience, and it's it spawns so much, whether it's academic or or cultural. If you want to go back to that culture, or you want to explore more cultures, or you just want to go see the world more, because you see some cool stuff. But the world is both too small and too large all at the same time you know it's small that you can fly halfway around the world and see someone you know in an airport and but at the same time you know you could spend multiple lifetimes going around the world and seeing all the the cool things that you that are out there to see whether it's you know a hidden beach somewhere in australia or if it's this cool little town tucked into the heart of Japan or something. You know, there's there's all of these things that are are cool to see and Grand Tour is a blend of the historical and academic from a western again from a western perspective and then the travel and so then it can spawn either more research, more, you know, interest in the history or more travel or both. You know, it's this is an all you can eat buffet. You can go there is no one way to do it uh after you're done. But I think it's a it's a really cool concept, and obviously you do with uh, with the with the business you're you're doing. So with that, it is time to end, and we all will thank you all so much for listening. Uh, reminder that there is, as always, more content at thinkingnoises.com. Written content, 
Uh, we got some more stuff coming out shortly. There might be some more other content in the works, some more audiovisual content. We will keep you posted on that. It's just kind of splunking around. You can hear the thinking noises, I'm sure. Pun intended. And then, of course, thank you to Eric. Uh, if you're interested more about running a Grand Tour or participating in a Grand Tour for a school, uh, ccgrandtours.com, Classical Christian Grand Tours, uh, and Eric will be happy to help you out with that. Is there anything I missed there, Eric, you'd like to throw in? Nope, that was good. Thank you, Jackson. All right. Appreciate it. Perfect. Well, again, thank you all so much for listening, and good night. <laughs>